Hi, welcome back to Call to Action, a School Sisters of Notre Dame Central Pacific podcast. Today, we are talking with Laura Peterson, the Executive Director of Living Earth Center in Mankato, Minnesota. This episode explains the beginning of Living Earth Center as a ministry, along with the diversity and care of creation found in the community garden environment. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please introduce yourself? My name is Laura Peterson. I I am the executive director of the Living Earth Center. Can you tell me the history and how the Living Earth Center came about? So the Living Earth Center is a nonprofit organization that was founded by the School Sisters of Notre Dame. We were uh, started out of the roots of um, uh, something called the Center for Earth Spirituality and Role Ministry, um, which was a department of the School Sisters of Notre Dame that was founded in the 1990s um, by Sister Mary Tashney and Sister Kathleen Storms, along with another uh, a number of other sisters, as well as um, a number of lay people that wanted to come together to do two primary things. The first was to come together in advocacy over this concept of earth stewardship. What, what are ways that we can be good stewards of the land and of the community um, and ways that we can advocate um, for uh, land stewardship, but in, in a way that promotes sustainable future for all. Then in addition to that, they wanted to have an opportunity for people to uh, grow and harvest um, quality organic food within the Mankato area. And so they started um, a community garden. One of the first community gardens in Mankato was actually started here by the school sisters. Um, and so this uh, kind of project evolved throughout the years, um, and it uh, came to a point where they decided that they wanted to make sure that the charism of this this care for the land and care for each other was carried far, far out longer than they would ever be here. And so they decided that a nonprofit should be started. Um, and so I was um, selected to kind of um, carry that movement um, to the kind of to the next step in terms of uh, becoming a nonprofit. That is very fascinating. Could you share how the Living Earth Center, and in particular, having a community garden, brings people together? The the concept of the Living Earth Center is essentially to provide a community growing space, um, both in the literal and figurative sense, um, and a place that people can come together, not only to share common ground, but to get grounded. Um, and that means getting grounded within themselves, um, to get grounded uh, in, in the sense with the earth, um, but also in that concept of sharing common ground in community and what that looks like. Um, I like to relate it to a healthy ecosystem. When you have a healthy ecosystem, you have a lot of diversity that's kind of coming in and coming to play and working together. And so I think that what we're trying to do is mimic uh, that concept in the Mankato community in terms of building a stronger community and building a resilient community. And what that means is growing together, not only in the sense of growing food, but also growing good and right relationships with one another. I, I think it's all about story, right? It's about narrative. And one of the things that I think actually happens when you're coming together, and the community garden is a great example of this. We have people that are coming from all different walks of life. We have um, different socioeconomic backgrounds. We have different uh, age backgrounds. We have different cultural and religious backgrounds. Um, one of my favorite stories that I tell about the community garden is that we have um, kind of a, a small uh, group of gardeners um, that are all of similar age, all men. 
it's this concept of coming together. And even though they're growing food and that food is something that can be, you know, eaten, what they're also doing is, is creating a connection. And I think that those particular things are really, really important for two reasons. First, um, it helps bridge that concept of diversity and make us one. Um, but the other reason for that is, and this is actually, there, there's actual um, you know, research, research and data that shows that anytime in particular refugees coming from, or displaced people, um, people who are coming from their home countries because they're, they're not unable to go back, when they come and they have a sense of place, when they are able to actually develop relationships, but also have a sense of place, um, they better integrate within the community. And so I think that this concept, um, in particular with diversity within our community, helps people develop a sense of place, but also that sense of, of community engagement. And that's so important in terms of how a community grows and develops and flourishes. Um, I think if we're divided, if we continue to be siloed in terms of our lives, um, then we have a lot more of a difficulty in terms of bridging some of those gaps. And um, the community garden is an unlikely place um, but I think that when you're, you know, the concept is, is that you're sowing tomatoes or you're growing tomatoes, but then in addition to that, you're, you're growing something a lot bigger, something that um, you might not be able to see or taste, but you can certainly feel. And there's, um, there's research that shows that places that have um, community growing spaces have a lower crime rate. Um, they have a higher participation in terms of community engagement um, and higher health rates. And why is that? It's because people are outside, they're engaging with each other, um, and they're probably eating he healthier as well. Um, so I think that there's just a benefit in every single way. And that's kind of what we're trying to promote here is, is not only having people come to grow food, but also to grow, uh, you know, grow community um, and grow in good connection. I completely agree. And the sisters really support that concept. Can you share what brought you to the Living Earth Center? So it, 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 interestingly enough, um, I'd come to the, uh, the school sisters for one of the solstice celebrations that they had. And I remember thinking to myself, the nuns are throwing a pagan party. I have got to check this out. This is going to be really interesting. And so I, uh, I came up here and what I was really surprised about, um, I shouldn't even say surprised, what, I, what, I, what really captured my heart was that there was this concept of honoring something that's sacred. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean sacred in terms of the religious sense, but something that I think everyone um, can kind of come together and know that there's something bigger than, oursel bigger than, than ourselves. Um, we like to call it, in, in terms of living earth community, the interconnection of everything. And I think different people have defined that in different ways, but that's one of the things that um, we do with a lot of our solstice celebrations or celebrations that kind of have people come and honor something that's bigger than themselves that, you know, is different for, for so many, but common in our hearts. Um, and so I was drawn to that uh, with the winter solstice. Um, and at the time, uh, there wasn't a, a job opening or anything like that. Um, but after my predecessor became ill, um, a friend of mine suggested that I apply for the position. And um, when I looked at the job description, it was, I, I feel like it was almost written for me because I have a background in sustainability. Um, I have a background in farming. Um, I have a background in diversity. I've traveled and lived overseas. I've lived in Africa. I've lived uh, in, in Europe. And I've worked with a lot of different people coming from a lot of different backgrounds. And um, I think that was one of the biggest draws is that, um, you know, this was a combination of not only advocating for sustainable 
uh, environmental sustainability, but this concept of, of community resiliency and sustainability. And I think that that includes bringing in all of that diversity and ensuring that, that that concept of togetherness is there. And that's one of the things that I believe is my life's passion. It's my life's calling. And now I get to be paid for it. Not only do I get to be outside and garden, um, I'm not a green thumb. I should throw that out there. I I'm not good at growing stuff. I love doing it, um, but I, I love being out there. But the biggest thing that I like to do is, is growing that connection piece. So it was it was just a perfect fit, and now I get to do that. I think that the concept of sustainability is more than just environmental. It's how are we growing together and becoming resilient? We know that things are going to become more challenging. We know that climate change is happening, and we know that times um, more than likely will be become more difficult. And the way that I look at it is we're all in it together, and we're stronger when we're unified. And that takes community building. And that's what I think um, is another kind of positive consequence of this concept of community gardening and having these bigger conversations um, about what stewardship, not just of the earth, but of each other looks like. This really hits home with the mission of SSND. So how do you personally feel you live out the charism of the sisters? Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because when I was applying for the job, I remember going in and looking at all of the, you know, the core charism beliefs of the school sisters. And I remember thinking, these nuns are awesome. And a lot of what resonates with me personally, I think, is reflected in that charism. Um, and so I think that it's uh, it's a big responsibility, um, and I and I feel that responsibility. But I think it's also about lifestyle, and I think it's um, not just something that's reflected in the work that I do and the work that, um, by extension, uh, the rest of the nonprofit does. Um, but I think it's it's carried out in terms of how we treat how I treat people and how I treat the earth and, and all of those things. And so while I am, I'm not perfect in any way, um, I think that it's something that it's, it's a lived kind of meditation and practice. And so what I love is that I think that they, they provide guiding points for just being better human beings. And I think in, in doing that, uh, a lot of good things can come out of that. So how do I kind of practice that? I think it's on a daily basis, just trying to go out and make sure that the decisions that I make, not only within a workplace environment, but also, um, you know, as extension in my own life and with my own family, that they're reflecting a lot of that um, legacy uh, concept of how are we creating a place um, that is is better for the people that are going to come uh, after us. Um, and it's not always a, an easy snap thing. It's something where you're having to make judgments and decisions um, that sometimes aren't easy and maybe aren't comfortable. Um, but I think at the end of the day, having the, the consistent kind of education, I'm learning more and more every single year. Um, and, and quite honestly, I'm, an, I'm awe-inspired by the sisters that uh, they walk the talk, um, and I, I hope that I have the ability to do that, not only in terms of the work that we do with the Living Earth Center, but also in my own life and uh, being a mother. You know, I think that it's it's a lived practice. And so um, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. It's not just about work. And so I think that's infused in everything that we do. One thing that we also try to do um, in particular on the board is we try to actually have an education portion of our annual retreat where we kind of connect again with that charism. Um, we kind of go back to um, what the original kind of meaning and ideas are. And not every person that we work with um, comes from a Catholic background. Um, not every person uh, that we work with 
um, comes from a faith-based background. Um, but everybody, I think, can resonate with the core values that are, that are exemplified in that charism. You can identify with pretty much every one of them. I could not agree more. In my daily interactions with the sisters, I am very inspired. You talk a lot about education. That is obviously a huge and important piece of the SSND mission. Can you share some of the ways you provide education through the Living Earth Center? Aside from the, the community garden and by extension, a lot of the, the things that we do that are kind of surrounded by that, um, we also host a number of different workshops throughout the year. Um, we've done everything from kombucha brewing to soap making. Uh, we have a mushroom growing workshop coming up. Um, and other supportive workshops, um, workshops where people can come and they can actually learn about different types of things. So one of the things that we um, did was an introduction to CSA, Community Supported Agriculture. What, it, what is that and how do people get involved in that? Um, we're trying to do more when it comes to these community conversations, bringing people from maybe varied backgrounds in to, again, come together to share common grounds. Um, we'd like to do more when it comes to farm to table meals throughout the summertime. Um, and then, of course, we have our um, what I call Earth-centered celebrations, which are the summer solstice and the winter solstice. Um, we come in and we honor a lot of those seasonal changes and have people kind of connect on a deeper level with themselves. We do open mic nights. Um, we're trying to incorporate more art and culture into the garden to make it more of a movable living space and, um, you know, like I said, a community space. Um, and then during the winter time, we host an annual Earth Conference. Um, we'll be going into our 14th year this year with the annual Earth Conference, each with a different topic. This year, um, which is one of the things that the women's luncheon, I think it, it kind of centers around too. This year, our topic is going to be women and the land. And we're highlighting um, women that have been good stewards of um, soil and soul alike um, and, and what that looks like, the real picture of, of um, that sacred connection that exists between women and the land. Um, we do a lot of other types of events and community engagement. It just really depends. And I think that's one of the most interesting things is it's very fluid. We've, if someone has an idea and they want to bring it to the table, it's a, the type of organization that can entertain that. Um, and then we also do fundraise, fundraisers. Um, the reality is, is that we're a nonprofit organization and we're, um, you know, trying to um, sustain uh, long term for as long as we can. And so we just recently did a meatless meat raffle at one of the local pubs, Pub 500 here, where we auctioned off uh, baskets, uh, garden produce baskets, different types of produce. Um, and people could come in and do a silent auction. We had live music. It was really fun. So there's a lot of different ways in which the community can engage um, with the Living Earth Center, both through the garden as well as a lot of the programming that we do throughout the winter as well. That sounds really fun and engaging. So were you a part of the decision to become a nonprofit and name the Living Earth Center? Or was that before you? The, the decision to do that came before me and the name came before me. And what a great name. I mean, I didn't have I can't take credit for it, but uh, it was a great name. Uh, um, but no, that decision to, to become a nonprofit happened before I was hired. Um, and that's kind of the, the, the task. I was 
Um, I should I shouldn't say given because it is it's a community effort. We have a great board of um, directors that has kind of helped with that process, and it's an arduous process. I mean, it's not just something that you lightly take on. There's a lot that goes into it, um, and so I've been charged with kind of facilitating that next step um, into becoming a nonprofit. So um, I've been. I wasn't part of the decision to do that, but I was, I've been part of the, um, the results of that decision. Awesome. So how are the sisters involved today with what the Living Earth Center is doing? Oh, so much. Uh, so the Earth Committee uh, through the School Sisters of Notre Dame is involved on a regular basis with a lot of our, our events. Um, we will always have School Sisters representation on our uh, board of directors. That's something that is infused intentionally. Um, to ensure that that charism and that knowledge is continuous um, for, for as long as possible. Um, we also work very closely with a lot of the sisters who founded uh, the organization. Uh, Sister Mary Tashney and I visit together on a regular basis. In, in fact, I would say that she's one of my closest friends, in addition to her keeping me uh, on task at all times. And and then we also have sisters that are part of the Earth Conference Committee, um, which is the um, annual conference that we host. And so there's a big influence in terms of school sisters, not to mention the sisters who actually garden out in the community garden as well. Um, so that's a it's it's a very symbiotic relationship, and will remain so for as long as is um, is possible. That's wonderful. Do the sisters teach any community classes? We haven't had any sisters teaching classes, but now that you bring it up, I think that there are some sisters that could really do some like canning classes and stuff like that. We have had sisters in the in the past do some of that stuff, but I think for the most part, um, they haven't taught any of the classes. We should look into that though. Right. They would be great. So how do you incorporate the youth into the garden? Youth. This is going to be, I would say we're, we're, not awesome at doing this right now. I will admit right now, that is one of the things that we are intent on doing. So in terms of the, the young youth, we're talking, uh, you know, children, we've got that covered. We've got um, a great program with regards to community education, offering gardening, gardening classes throughout the year. Um, we partnered with the Boys and Girls Club um, this last uh, summer to have a gardening club come up once a week, and we did programming there. And that was great fun to have uh, kids from all different backgrounds who maybe had never grown anything um, to actually see like what it looks like when you put a seed into the ground and you know and and take care of it what that the, the possibility is for that growing pumpkins that was such a fun one. Um, uh, and then in addition to that, uh, next year, we're in the process of, of working with the Minnesota Valley um, Action Council and their Head Start program to also have a program not only for kids, but also for their parents um, to come in and um, have this concept of, again, gardening, but it's also, you know, doing more. It's sowing connection. It's sowing a better understanding of, you know, what it what it means to be part of a bigger environment. So the young, young kids, I think that we do a great job with. My goal is to really look at um, our, our young adult population. And I think that that's the population that is desperate for connection. 
um, and desperate to to be able to advocate for something bigger than themselves, but sometimes has a hard channel uh, or a hard way of, of finding that. And so um, one of the things that we've tried to do, we had an open mic night uh, a couple of weeks ago where uh, people could come in and that was very well attended with young people. Um, we're also trying to do more partnerships with regards to the college and trying to see how we can get um, more people in uh, to engage with the community garden and figure out ways in which it can become a community growing space. One idea that has recently come up um, pretty consistently and something that I'd really like to follow through on is developing a spoken word and hip hop um, event that takes place up here called Dropping Beats. Um, and partnering that with um, maybe some other uh, things that are going on in the Mankato community as well. So I think that there's a lot of avenues and channels, but that's going to be one of our, our challenges, um, mainly because technology is moving so quickly and um, it's a one full-time staff organization. And I'm not with it anymore. I used to be like with it. And now I don't Snapchat or Insta as much as I probably should. So those are things that I think we have to begin to adapt to. Um, and I think that that was also another goal of the School Sisters is to say, look, this is a, it's a group that um, really wants to be engaged. What are ways that we can do that? We did do um, the climate strike. We hosted a climate strike event up here um, and we did have um, some new faces and things like that. So I think that there are ways in which we're kind of tapping that, but that's something that we need to do more of. Wow, I think hip hop and an open mic night sound fun. I read that the Living Earth Center can help with dementia. Can you explain that some? So Dementia Garden, um, we partnered with the Minnesota State University College of Allied Health and Nursing to have a, um, a specific plot that is wheelchair accessible um, for uh, people with dementia and their caregivers. And what I love about it is it's a sensory garden. So um, it's divided into four sections that involve taste, sight, smell, and I think the last one is just, you know, more putting flowers and everything like that, um, taste, sight, smell, uh, and then flowers. But the concept is, is that we wanted to, um, to get folks that um, struggle sometimes to be able to put things together coherently um, into a place that allows them to be wherever they are at that particular moment. And what is fascinating is when they come in, they're first of all blown away by how pretty the garden is. Um, but in addition to that, a lot of the, the um, memories of childhood, maybe growing up or being in the garden um, at their, you know, within their childhood homes or, or farms, they, they, something starts to click. And we've just seen that there's um, just an uptake in terms of just overall peace and calm and uh, happiness in particular with people who are, um, I wouldn't say struggling with dementia as much as living with dementia and, and, and the people who are, are caring for them. And so it's a really great community aspect. We do everything from um, just looking at bees and pollinators to singing songs and talking about what they do remember, if they do remember anything. So it's a really cool um, kind of context. And we did that in partnership also with Camp Maverick at MSU so that sometimes at the same time we would have kids that would come in and garden with, with those folks. And and you know, connecting uh, those that are kind of um, beginning their lives with some that are kind of towards the end, I think is something that's really, there's some magic that happens when those two are kind of connected as well. This was perfect. Thank you so much. What you're doing with the Living Earth Center is incredible and very fascinating. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks. I, well, I'm, I, want, I want people to, this is a, a cool thing.
This is something I'm passionate about. So I'm not very good at stuff I'm not passionate about. Thanks for listening. To find out more about the School Sisters of Notre Dame, Central Pacific Province, visit our website at www.ssndcp.org. You can subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts or listen on Spotify. Thanks for your support and have a wonderful day.